On today's episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast, we've got game highlights from the weekend series against Cal Poly, then an interview with Saturday's hero, John Newman, and Sunday's pitcher, who went seven innings, struck out six, and walked nobody, J.D. Callahan. Then we sit down with UCSB Analytics to pass out our weekend awards. This week's episode brought to you by our presenting sponsor, great presenting sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Check out the new crispy chicken sandwich. And also by a guy with a truck junk removal. Call 805-689-1413 for a free no obligations quote. All right, let's get to some game highlights and then the interviews here on this week's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. Bare hand by Will to throw the first in time. Here's the 0 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? A three run shot for Jordan Sprinkle. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. one count here to Willits. This one is driven out to right center. They're not going to get there, and it is gone. Bryce Willits. He said he had a couple hits in him. Yes, sir. And he goes yard. Counters with three hits. Mustangs with two. 2-0 two pitch. And currently hits this to deep left. Back is Biller. He's at the fence. He will turn and watch it fly. A solo homer for Kirtley gives the Gouches a 2-1 lead. Is listed as number eight and Corio is listed as number one. I don't know. This is a right handed batter. One two pitch. Breaking ball. Swung on and missed. McGreevy. 15 strikeouts. And he's got a one two three. Eighth inning. A lot of ball left though. Hopefully not that much. 3 1. Hit back up the middle. Off of Benbrook. He's going to hustle. Glove flip to first. And he gets Emerson. <laughs> How about that? It caromed off his leg towards first base. It stayed on the grass. And he scoops it up with his glove and shovels it to Willits. Rally broom is out. No, it's not a broom. Rally rake. The rally rake. The rally half piece of wood and some plastic on the end. <laughs> it looks like out. they... They found it in a dumpster in IV and said, look, it's a rake. It's got character. Let's bring it to the yard. 3-2 pitch from Warker. And Newman bangs it up the middle. It's in the center field, a base hit. Here comes Willits rounding third. He's coming home. The throw from Cabrera is not in time. John Newman wins it for the Gauchos here in the bottom of the 11th inning. And UCSB has taken two of the first three in this four-game set. It's the first collegiate hit for John Newman as he plates Bryce Willits from second base. And UCSB wins it 2-1 on their 10th hit of the game. Now Fontino in the front edge of the dugout leading the offense. Spencer Erdman, third base coach. 
Willits, a 3-2 pitch with the runners going, is hammered to right center field. This one is going to get down for extra bases. And one hops the fence. Three runs are going to score. Willits is hustling around second. He's heading to third base, and he's going to slide in with a bases cleared triple. And the dugout loves it. You go and you hand drag the lines. Late, late in the day, and there's been lots of traffic at second base. And this is pulled. Diving stop, Cummings on the backhand. And the game is over. A liner, and Cummings backhand dive, catches it on the fly, and UCSB takes three of four from Cal Poly. Final score here, 12-3. All right, John Newman, the hero from Saturday night. Did you, uh, did you wake up that morning thinking that you were going to be in position to win the game in the 11th inning of game two on Saturday? No, I didn't. I, did, I figured I would, I would have an at-bat at some point during the day, but I didn't think it was going to be in that big of a moment. Well, I was talking I, – I, sh I shared with you the highlight from the Long Beach State game where it was like, all right, this is one of those games where you, like, you never know who's going to be the hero, who's going to get the opportunity. Right. And that was you on Saturday, and it was uh -huh. you against Long Beach as well. I mean – Talk about the year, because you're a first-year catcher yeah. out of Los Alamitos, and the Gauchos have a, a deep catching core. Definitely. you didn't get your first opportunity until the Long Beach State Series, and I really mm -hmm. like those at-bats. I mean, how did you feel in those those first couple at-bats? Who did you face um, Who did you face first against Long Beach? Was it, um, was it the closer? Yeah, it was the closer. Yeah, because you look totally comfortable up there. Did you feel as comfortable as you looked? Yeah, right before my bat, uh, my first ever bat, Fontino told me, you know, he's like, you got three chances to hit it off the wall. And for some reason, <laughs> that just calmed me down completely. And I was seeing the ball well and just felt great. And I feel like our week of preparation for them was awesome. And the game plan was good. Yeah, and you, you had two walks against Long Beach and you hit a, a laser out to left center that I thought was going to get down uh, yeah. on on Sunday, uh -huh. but coming into a a Division One game late in the season, what we're talking about last week here, coming uh -huh. into a Division One game late in the season, having not played all year, uh, fresh out of high school, like you don't seem like the nervous type. You seem like the I am fearless type. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> felt just comfortable out there. I don't know what it was. Or I definitely thought when I got the news that I was traveling to Long Beach, I definitely thought that, you know, if I got put in, I would be nervous or shaky. And I kind of went over my head how I would calm myself down. But for some reason, when it came time, I felt, like I said, completely relaxed and ready to go. So what were when on the uh, the hit by Latrell to left field in the uh, in the ninth? Mm hmm. When Brock overthrew Cummings at third base, were you standing at home plate? Because you you were backing up and you kind of came out of nowhere because the ball sailed over uh, the third baseman's head and was up along the backstop. Like if that rattles around the backstop, the game probably ends right there, and you were in right. the right place at the right time. I know it's a bold comparison, but it reminds me of kind of the Jeter play. Where yeah. Like where where do you come from? Like I know you're yeah. the catcher and. It went to the left side of home plate, but you kind of came out of nowhere and slammed into the boards. Like, 
has that ever happened to you before as a catcher? No, never. I, you know, I'm always watching for throws, looking to back things up. And for some reason, right when he let that go, I knew that that was going to be too high. And I instantly just started running to try to get it, get in front of it. So that was the first time you crashed into the wall. And then the yeah. second time was on, on the pop-up. That was, uh-huh. that was totally cool. Like, have you been, have you had a play like that before? Cause both of them are kind of unique. Yeah, I've definitely had plays where, you know, I'm like diving maybe behind me or something, but never one that's ran me into the wall. And I was just happy I had, was able to hold on to it and concentrate all the way through it and get the out. How'd the padding sure. feel? Adequate? Good. I, I woke up I that night. I thought it was my I, did, I wasn't hurting at all. And I thought it was going to be my adrenaline just through the roof. But even the next day waking up, I was like, man, I feel great. So. Well, so you're a you're a football player, right? Ex football player. Yeah, I played football from eight years old all the way till my senior year of high school. So you're used to contact. Yeah, no problem. Definitely used to contact. Yeah. <laughs> what position did you play? Uh, I played strong safety, so like an inverted linebacker too. Yeah, yeah. So you're used to crashing into things. With, yeah, I with love I love contact. I love aggression. I love all that stuff. That's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. <laughs> And it, it, you don't see it a whole lot now with, with the different rules with the catcher position, but, you know, there's no rule against crashing against the wall when you got to make a play. Exactly. So you're, you're right there for it. All right, let's, yeah. let's fast forward to this past weekend. Saturday, the, the walk-off hit against Cal Poly. Did you know the history or any history between the Gauchos and the Mustangs going into this year? Yeah, I just know we really want to win, and I know I knew it had been a while since we had taken the series for them. So I definitely felt the, you know, everyone was super focused in the whole week of practice, and we really wanted to get this series win. So you come up, it's your first at bat of the game, and it's in the eleventh. Yeah, and who Bryce was on second base. Correct. And it was a it was a three two pitch. Mm-hmm. Who's, who was the pitcher? It was. Oh, I can't remember who the pitcher was. A big righty. I don't know his name. Scott? No, Scott Scott was the day before. No, it was, War- it was, War- it was Worker. That's right. Yeah. It was Bryce yeah. Worker. 6'8". Like, how is it hitting off a guy who's 6'8"? <laughs> it definitely gets on you because he's stretching so far down the mound. It gets on you a little bit. But, you know, we, we had talked about that already, me and the coaches, and just had to focus on being early pretty much. So was your was your approach middle? I mean, it was a three-two pitch. You're probably thinking he's he's not going to try and walk you. He wants to challenge you, right? So I was sit, sitting fastball for sure, and yeah, that's what I was thinking. The whole of that was just stay through the middle and compete. Compete. That's that's the word of the day. Yeah, like almost every day is, is just yeah. compete. I love it. Uh, um, have you ever had a walk off hit before? Yes, but nothing like that before. Nothing that was that exciting and held that much weight. That was electric. One of the best feelings I think I've ever had in my life. I was talking to a couple of my buddies after the game, and I was just like, this might be the best day of my life so far, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm happy to have you on and have you say that because that's excellent. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, wait, and, and in front of family and friends nonetheless, did you have any uh, family or friends? Uh, at the game. Yeah. Yes, I have my grandparents in the stands. It was awesome. Yes. 
First collegiate hit. Yeah, at the perfect time. First collegiate hit at the first weekend that the Gauchos have fans in the stands against none other than the Gauchos rivals, the Cal Poly Mustangs. And that's a big win. That's a big win because that game could have gone either way. Uh, it was well pitched by Alvarez, the lefty from Cal Poly. Uh, Corey Lewis and Carter Bembra, Chris Troy combined in to, to pitch really well for the Gauchos in that 2-1 win. And John Newman comes through in the 11th inning. Uh, I'm stoked for you. You're, you're crushing it at practice. You and the catchers helping me out with, with home plate. So every day. <laughs> admire you guys, and I just, I just love it when you guys have success. And you guys are a, t- a tight-knit group. It's it's like uh, what, what can you call it? you guys are like the knights of the round table or something. It's a it's a collected effort. So definitely fun to be a part of. All right, John. Um, enjoy your off day, and let's go get some more hits and more runs next weekend. All right. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, John Newman. Thank you. All right, I'm here with Sunday's starter, J.D. Callahan, not James. J.D. Is James your dad? James is my dad's name, yes, but he goes by Jim. Jim. Okay, so there's a everybody's James, but they go by Jim and JD. <laughs> yep. Well, let's talk about yesterday, recency bias. Seven innings, eight hits, three runs, no walks, and six strikeouts against Cal Poly. And you were staked to a big lead early in the game. Second time that's happened in your starts. There was uh, the start at Hawaii where the Gauchos scored six in the second after your first inning. And here at home, you threw a scoreless first and the Gauchos scored six in the bottom of the first. So does that change your approach on the mound or is it just, I'm trying to throw strikes, single focus? Um, It changes it a little bit. I mean, as especially with that kind of lead, you obviously want to just go in and throw strikes and force contact. You don't want to give them any freebies or anything like that or to spark a rally. But um, my mentality this year has always been to throw strikes. It's like I usually when people get on and just things start going downhill. So try and limit the guys getting on from walks and make them hit to get on. So early in the season, you were coming out of the pen. And let's face it, you were having a rough go of things. Right. I mean, I'm assuming you started in high school, right? Yeah. And then last year you were pitching on Tuesdays in your freshman season and you were doing well. So probably your first experience out of the pen uh, early in the season. Is that I right? had a couple of relief appearances last last year also. That's right. Oregon That's right. State and the I mean, Cal game. Cal, right? so, yeah. Yeah. So it was like I had a little bit of experience, but I also think some of it was I didn't I was a little injured all summer and most of the fall. So I was just, I was still kind of coming back. So I wasn't really myself yet. Okay. Cause like on the broadcasts and from the outside looking in, we speculate a lot and we have the, the things that we go to trying to describe how the players are feeling on the field. And it's like, Oh, it's, you know, he's not used to coming in in the sixth inning and, and trying to throw strikes, he's used to the routine, warming up, and some of that's true, but some of it's just we're just trying to explain something to fill the time and maybe sound like we know what we're talking about. But you look really comfortable 
in the starting role. And that is true because you've gone five plus innings in all of your starts and you've been throwing a lot of strikes. And I think the, the walk total is the thing that jumps out to me the most, particularly after uh, it was the walks that hurt the Gauchos in game two of the series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, and it's out of pen. It's kind of like the mentality of like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in. So like, let's just go for it right here. Where in the starting role, I kind of feel like, okay, I obviously you want to come out the gate strong, like and have a good first impression in the first inning, but it's like, okay, I do need to get deep into a game. So um, yeah, it's just going after hitters and trying to, trying to minimize pitches uh, per batter. And that's a huge part of starting and trying to get deeper in the game. So your first, so that was uh, what, that was start number five or six. What was it yesterday? Let's see. Cause you started against, so Davis, Hawaii, CSUN, San Diego, Long Beach, and now Cal Poly. So six starts and you couldn't get out of the sixth inning. Yeah. None of your, I couldn't get your, past five and a third. Yeah. So what, what changed yesterday? What, what did you do differently? Honestly, like after the fifth inning, I came in the dugout and um, I just, I literally put my head down. It was just like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going out to do this. And then I think we put up a couple more runs in that inning. I was like, okay, mentality doesn't change. Just head down. Like, let's go get through this inning. And then it was like, after the sixth inning, I came back in. I was at like, I don't know, I think like 104, 105 pitches. And checks didn't say anything. I was like, all right, let's go do it again then. Like just yeah. and at that point it's just it's just all mentality and because I mean you I, I was gassed. I was I was extremely tired, but the mental side was still there, which I needed to get I needed in those first five starts to get through the sixth inning. Yeah, isn't it funny? Like you, you struggle through the sixth and five starts in a row and then you finally get through it and then you get through the seventh and you got you got seven innings <laughs> up there on the scorebook like no big deal <laughs> it, yeah it's, it's amazing how that yeah, works that was also the most the most pitches i've thrown in my life you're growing up before our very eyes jd yeah it's crazy <laughs> well how about this in your six starts you have only two walks in your six starts and McGreevy, who uh, had a big performance on Friday, as we know, 15 strikeouts, no walks. Like you're, you're right up there with a, a strong strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, I, I, you probably wouldn't consider yourself a strikeout pitcher, right? I mean, obviously I want to get strikeouts, but that's not, I mean, right now at this stage of my life, that's not really who I am. Yeah. Pitching to contact and, and, and mixing speeds. So how many, how many pitches do you have? What was working yesterday for you? Cause you had a good mix and you were getting ahead. So I have, I have three pitches, but my fastball kind of turns into two different pitches. It depends kind of where it is in the zone. If it's up, it's going to rise. And if it's down, it's going to sink. And then, uh, my changeup is my best pitch. And then my breaking ball. Um, yesterday I really had my fastball just like the way it was moving, working, like it was just moving correctly, uh, whether it was up or down. I, I, I don't know how to, it's how so funny to listening to pitchers talk about that. Like, yeah, it was just, and it was then, moving, it was moving correctly. Like I wasn't yeah, controlling yeah. it per se. It was just moving correctly. 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, and it was in the zone. Like it was in the zone in a good place. Um, other than the one inning where I think it just leaked like middle, and it that's when they got the runs. Um, and then my changeup is my best pitch, and I trusted that a lot yesterday. And it was, it's probably the best it's looked since last year. So I like having that back is like big time for me. And then the breaking ball, the third time through the order. And then even the fourth time I faced some guys became a huge, huge pitch for me in order to get ahead in counts or come back in counts. Well, let's talk about that fourth inning. Cause it was, it was six, nothing gauchos and Mustangs get a single. And then Samuelson hits one off the end of the bat, just out of the reach of Willow to center field. So you're like, Oh, like, okay. Like he got, he, he beat me there, even though I may have, may have executed a pitch, which I'm assuming you did. And then Lopez, yeah. like a jam shot double down the line that scores the guy from first because they were shaded, the outfield was way over to, towards right field. So it scored the runner from first. So all of a sudden you got two runs in, runner on second base, nobody out after you threw three clean innings. Like what's going through your head at, at that point? Because after that, you get Johnny Bloom picking you up, throwing the guy out at second base. There was an error there. It was kind of a whirlwind of an inning uh, right in the middle of the game in a critical juncture. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of a weird because we still had like a big lead, but at the same time, they were starting to catch some momentum. So it's like at that point, it's just minimize and move on. Like it, I think I only gave up one more run that inning, and it was the guy who scored from second. Johnny picked me up big time. So it was like, at that point, it's just minimize, get our bats back in the dugout, let us go put up more runs. Cause it's like on Sundays, that's, that's what it is. Like it's usually Sundays is a slugfest. So it's, it's all about minimizing in that situation. What, what kind of, what kind of boost does it give you as a pitcher when your catcher throws out a base runner? Cause Johnny, and oh, it's Mason, big time. Johnny Mason, it seems like they throw out a guy every game. It's big time because like, you'll give up like a leadoff single and or like they, they get on because like a weak hit and you're like, Oh man, he like, I'm about to get nickeled and dimed here. Like, which was kind of happening in that third, in that fourth inning. And it was like, when Johnny threw that guy out, it was like, okay, like let's reset. Nobody on. We got one out, two outs, however many it was like, let's go get these next guys. Yeah. Then you settled in, went seven, threw up three more zeros. That was in the fourth inning. Yeah. So three and three zeros a three and then three zeros. And the Gauchos come away with the, the series victory. First series victory against Cal Poly since 2015, in fact. That's crazy. Had the big the big win, of course, in 19, but the Gauchos lost the series. But they won the Big West Championship, which was more important on that day. Uh, but three of four, first series win against the Mustangs. So reversing the, uh, the state of affairs in the blue-green rivalry, which is big. And you're a big reason for that yesterday. So you mentioned... You did sleep well last night. You woke up feeling good. And you can you attest to that as because of the diet, the the in and out and the snake quesadilla? Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where it's just like because honestly, I think the last two innings yesterday was just pure adrenaline. It was just mm -hmm. like and then I think I came off that adrenaline and slept really good. And then the diet was, I think, part of it. So I think it just ended up being a great, <laughs> great recovery pro start to the recovery process with the in and out, and That's then awesome. the steak quesadilla after that. So love it. I don't know. We, 
You said it, it's steak days on Sundays at your guys' house. Is that right? Yes. Who, who do you live Corey, with? Me and Corey Lewis will cook steaks every Sunday. That's sweet. Just just steak? Just a big slab of meat on the plate? Or you add some steak, potatoes? And mashed some... potatoes, mac and cheese, whatever we got. Whatever we got from Costco that week, that's what we're cooking. All right. Excellent. Well, J.D., uh, it's nice to have you on. Uh, it's been fun watching you pitch on Sundays. It's been a huge lift uh, for the team uh, and for us because we were worried about, oh, well, who's going to throw on Sundays uh, a, a couple months ago? And, uh, well, you solved the issue. So have a great week of practice, and we'll see you out there against UC Irvine. Thanks, Kev. All right, J.D. Callahan, thank you. All right, David and Spencer are here. Let's go over the Cal Poly series. And I want to make this known right away. First time Gauchos have beaten Cal Poly in a series since 2015. It's about time. It's about time. It is about time. Of course, the 2019, the big win at the end of the season to win the Big West Championship. But it's a pretty remarkable considering all the success that Coach Tekas has had here with the Gauchos, uh, the Cal Poly has had their number. And the, the, what do you call it? The ship has been righted. We have righted the ship. What? We have righted the ship. Righted. Yeah. Okay. We have righted the ship. And the Gauchos take three or four from Cal Poly over the weekends. They move to 29 and 13 overall, 20 and 8 in the Big West Conference. And right now, as of Monday, May 3rd, they sit at 66 in the RPI, right in the thick of things. UCI, they split with Long Beach State, and we were watching the game yesterday. Did, were you watching the game yesterday, Tilly? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Um, I didn't have it right in front of me like you guys did, but I would peek in over at uh, Spencer's uh, third laptop in front of him <laughs> uh, and uh, try and catch up with the score there, but... Um, I was a little bit more focused on the task at hand, just trying to make sure that we could finish out the series against Cal Poly. Well, 9, nine nothing. the Dirtbags beat Irvine yesterday. So they split the series with the with Long Beach State. Irvine at 18-6, and six, Gouches at 28-8. It's going to be a big, big series next weekend here at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. We'll get to that a little bit later. Let's jump into some stuff over this, about the series. First of all, Michael McGreevy, Big Michael West McGreevy. Pitcher of the Week. And he was named one of the National Players of the Week by Collegiate Baseball Newspaper. They send out a, a big list of the, the top players. And McGreevy on that list. Eight innings, 15 strikeouts, no walks on a Friday night in a 4-1 win by the Gauchos. Allowed just two hits and a run. It was The two hits were by the same guy. But just a, a dominating performance uh, by McGreevy. The 15 strikeouts... One of four players ever to record 15 strikeouts in the same game. Mario Hollins back in 2010, Barry Zito, and Walt Rem in 1970. Those are the other, only other Gauchos to record 15 strikeouts in the same game. Barry Zito, of course, went on to win a Cy Young. Mario Hollins pitched in the big leagues. So elite company for McGreevy uh, after that performance on Friday. This is, this is different. So we're all fully vaccinated, and we're recording in the same room. Yeah, for the first time. So, how about them apples? Trying to get some 
some in the same room talking vibes. Are you guys nervous? Like, no, I mean, I just, I, I would love to talk about McGreevy's outing because 15 strikeouts is pretty, pretty awesome. He, uh, well, when you're t- looking at just like the quality of his pitches, his slider was swung and missed at 18 times. That was good for, well, and then it was called a strike another seven times. So 25 of the 30 uh, strikes that he threw of the slider um, called or whiff. So that's 54% called strike whiff percent. And then his two-seam fastball, 10 whiffs, 17 called strikes, good for a 44% called strike whiff. And then his changeup got a whiff. Of the three changeups he threw, one of them was swung on and missed, so that's good for the 33% called strike plus whiff. So Michael McGreevy, <laughs> it, was, working. it was a five-pitch mix, and the three of them were statistic, statistically dominant. So uh, hats off to you, McGreevy. That was a lot of fun to watch, and I, I caught myself being a fan at, at some points during the game where I lost track of the tracking that I had to do from behind home plate and instead was just watching him strike out the side in incredibly dominant fashion. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, that that game in general is crazy. Me being on more on the offensive side and trying to look at, at that side of things, five solo home runs in the game. Combined, uh, yeah, between which, the two teams. you don't see a whole lot. And, you know, the one blemish from McGreevy giving up that solo home, home run. But uh, credit to Willits for, for coming up with the answer uh, and um, tying the game up. I forget what inning that was in. Um, but then the, the back-to-back, five. Home, the bottom of the fifth, and yeah. then I, the back-to-back home runs um, to kind of put that game away as well. Um, yeah, it was, it was a strange game. Uh, we, were, we were talking about it because Thorpe had 13 Ks, McGreevy had 15, and then Benbrook got one. Or, uh, yeah, it was Benbrook. So 29 combined strikeouts and then five solo homers. And <laughs> that, like, was, that, that was the story of the game, that was the essentially. Game. Yeah. I mean, you asked... You talked to Sprinkle, Kurt, Cummings, and Willits, and you asked them, and you said, what was the most important home run? Which one was more and important? I'm, I'm curious like what you guys thought was the most important home run, because there's there's reasons for all of them. But. The, the consensus was, at the end of the, the, the chatter and the banter, was Willits, mm-hmm. because it, it tied the game, and at that point, the Gauchos hadn't really proven that they could hit Thorpe. Yeah. He, was, he was pitching that well, and Cal Pally had the lead. And but you know Kurtley's was go ahead Homer and then Sprinkles was insurance and then Cummings was I mean it was a second leg of a back to back it's kind of the the nail in the coffin as they say perhaps yeah. so they all had some special significance what what do you think Tilly which one was most important I would probably go with Bryce's as well just because um, the situation of the game. And like you said, like we'd been struggling for sure. So kind of proving to us and getting everybody like, okay, we can hit this guy uh, and allowing us to kind of come back later on in the game and, and take the lead from him. So game two, it was a five, one loss. Gauchos left a ton of runners on base. They just couldn't get the big hit when they had opportunities against Weston. And they had many opportunities early in the game. And then uh, the three run homer by Nick DiCarlo in the, was that the fifth inning against Boone, was uh, was the big blow, and the Gauchos couldn't muster much of a comeback in Game 2. But they bounced back in Game 3, a 2-1 win. I haven't seen too many of those this year yeah. with uh, low-scoring uh, low scoring games. Each team combined for seven runs each uh, between the first three games. And it was in the 11th inning, John Newman 
first collegiate hit. It was a walk-off single. You heard from him earlier, the base hit up the middle, scoring Willits. And uh, it was Jason Willow that tied the game in the sixth inning on a sacrifice fly. And Carter Benbrook, four and a third innings of relief in that appearance, allowing no runs. And once again, Carter allowing no runs on the weekends. In two appearances, yeah. Yeah, he got a win and a save. That's that's kind of channeling the McGreevy stuff from, from 2019, getting a win and a save in the same weekend. That's a that's a pretty good comparison. That, that's pretty – I mean, it's just – you, you don't look at the two as similar just because one's a righty and one's a lefty. And, I mean, Carter, he brings the intensity every single time he's out there. And you're, you his his presence is felt no matter what the situation, whether it's a, you know, you've got a three-run lead going into the ninth inning or it's a one-run game and you're in extras. Um, he, he thrives in those situations, I feel like. So that was just a pat on the back to Carter. That was a, a gutsy performance going out there especially on back-to-back days i don't think i don't think we've seen that out of him yet i think it's been friday and sundays but i mean he, he has done the back-to-back but he, okay not as effective there uh, you as go. that yeah there I mean, you that, go this is probably one of his better weekends it's just not a not an easy thing to do whatsoever we saw kyle scott do it um this weekend but i thought that we had gotten to scott by the tech, second time we saw him um but, i mean he well the first time Scott came in. He gave up the back-to-back. He was the guy who gave it back. Yeah, oh, that's to right. sprinkle into Cummings. Yeah, he still then, looks good. I mean, yeah. their, their pitching staff, you know, maybe the, the win-loss. Short-handed. Loss, yeah, short-handed. Short-handed. The win-loss percentage, you know, on the weekend didn't really resemble that. But, I mean, Thorpe threw real well. I thought Weston up until the end of his outing was was pretty good. And then Alvarez, I mean, holding the Gauchos to just the one um, in his outing was, it was gutsy. Yeah, it, Corey Lewis also – Five and a third of one run ball uh, on Saturday evening. Sunday, well, it was 12 to three, a win by the Gouches, the six run first, the big Willets triple, which cleared the bases. Then you tack on the Mortensen and the Willow homers, and seven strong innings from J.D. Callahan, whom you also heard from earlier. Uh, first time going pitching past the uh, the sixth inning, and it was uh, the most pitches that he's ever thrown. In his life is what he said. So, you know, it was uh, it was it was a grind for him, and it was huge for the Gauchos, especially on a Sunday uh, where you're trying to to win a series. So let's get to our week uh, weekend awards. Player of the week, Spencer. I think Spencer's turn to go first here. Is it my turn? Yeah. All right. Well, um, McGreevy's off the board. McGreevy's right. off the board. That's that's unfortunate because obviously who else would I choose? I've already well I already talked about his stats and and whatnot so I'm okay with that but uh, yeah I, he's my I wish I could take him pick how about that uh, let's go I mean they're really good performance out of all of our guys I thought this weekend uh, each individual had some kind of some kind of highlight where you remember and, and you know it's maybe stood out to me. Uh, a little bit more um, just throughout the weekend, but I'm going to go with Cole Cummings batting 375 on the weekend. Um, six hits and 16 at bats, um, three walks, but uh, it was the two doubles and the home run um, that really did it. And he was, he had the most amount of total bases. He was one for one stolen bases and attempts. Uh, and he made a couple of a nice plays at third. There was one play that kind of got away from him. It was a, uh, it was kind of that in-between hop, and he uh, 
he didn't get the chance to get a go th- a good throw off in time, and then the very next ball gets hit right to him. And uh, I mean, I was I thought that was great just because you know he's the kind of guy that we've been looking to in the leadership position, just a, a loud, well-spoken individual. Um, and uh, I thought he really shined this weekend in the top of the order. And I thought if you're if you're talking about the home runs. Yes, Bryce Willis's was the most important because it was the game tying. But if I'm, if you're talking like most, um, kind of, like what's the word I'm looking for? I guess mo- the most impressive home run. Okay. Uh, Cole Cummings <laughs> going Abo Taco was was uh, pretty sweet. So, uh, Cole, my player of the week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He also had the diving catch, which ended the series. Yeah. Yesterday. Nice. So. Good choice. Snag. David. Um. I'm going to give Carter my player of the week. Uh, He's been doing this week after week, like you guys said, coming in for two appearances, late in games, close game situations. Kind of giving away one of my my plays of the week, but the ball that got smoked back up the middle off his leg, the presence of mind to get over there and glove flip to first base, and obviously he's got a ton of emotion in that situation, just like a lot of other big, big pitches that he threw, but... Uh, him coming in there with a solid four-pitch mix and throwing all of them for strikes, getting swing and miss on all of them. Uh, you just can't say enough about about it with five and a third innings, uh, four strikeouts. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give Carter Benbrook my player of the week. Okay. Um, I'm torn between two guys. I'm torn. But I interviewed one and gave him his due. So I'm going to go with Bryce Willits. Even though Bryce had two hits on the weekend, he made them count, and they came in big situations. Of course, the the game-tying home run off Drew Thorpe on Friday night in the fifth inning, and then he had the bases-clearing triple in the first inning with two outs. And at that point, it was one of the Gauchos going to get the big hit with runners on base because they hadn't got it yet in the series. And it set the tone for the day that the Gauchos were here to play, and it gave them a big lead um, early on and contributed to that what started the six-run rally in the first inning. So Willits with a, a triple and a homer and four RBIs making the big hits count. So he is my player of the week. Yeah, I uh, that was a good call um, at the start of the weekend. I was hitting fungos before the before the game during batting practice. He just looks at me, he looks at the bat, and looks at me, and he goes. I got a couple hits in me this weekend, and I was like, I, you know, it, it was a couple hits, literally a couple hits, but it was it was my way of, it was like a little bit of comfort knowing like, hey, this he's he's got a lot of confidence in him, um, and up at up at the plate, like really that's all that matters. I mean, we talk to the guys and you know say, hey, what's your approach? And they're all all they're talking about is I just felt good up at the plate, like I, I was seeing him well, I was. Uh, I felt confident standing in the box there. And, I mean, he was um, third this weekend with a 375 OBP for um, the, I guess you could say, the, the amount of at-bats for it to count um, and uh, ha- led the team with um, four runs this weekend. So uh, good call, good call with Rice. He also scored the winning run on Boom. Saturday. Yes, so, he did. Uh, a pivotal, uh, I think I heard McGreevy say he had to wait for him to drop the trailer before he could celebrate coming around <laughs> third. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you got the whole team he, running he his way. He got he... there and uh, helped us get that win. So yeah. not yeah, a bad big, pick. Big weekend for Bryce Willis. He had a couple of good picks at, at first base oh, absolutely. as well. Um, 
So I think that'll segue into my moment of the week. I'm just going to take it. It's the <laughs> it's the John Newman walk off. Oh. So. All right then. Because I'm the host, and I I saw the. I saw, I saw the door for the segue, and I'm going to take it. So Willett scores on the walk-off hit uh, by John Newman on Saturday in the bottom of the 11th inning. First collegiate hit for the freshman in his fourth uh, career game. After making some great plays last weekend, he comes in and gets a walk-off single. Um, he said it wasn't his first walk-off ever, but he said it was. it felt uh, the best. The most because he, he had his grandparents in the stands and... It was a, a big game with some with some weight attached to it. So Certainly. he said that it was uh, it was awesome. I'm sure the celebration was fun. It it went the celebration went on. It it carried over from like right center where it began. We might have begun around second base and it carried out into right center and then it moved over into left center. So it was it was an extended celebration. I, boys are fired up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spencer, your moment of the week. My moment of the week. Um, this one, I mean it. It stuck out to me just because it was kind of um, the the way that, yes, we put up six runs in the first inning on the Sunday game and kind of came out with a statement saying, hey, we're, we're not here to, to have any one-run one ball games. Um, we're looking to put this series away. So that was great. And then in the top of the fourth inning, Cal Poly looked like they were maybe coming around to uh, a little bit of their own, and they scored three in the top of the fourth. Um, but the, the, the moment... I guess it's two moments combined into one. It was the uh, the back-to-back um, two-run home run innings. So Jason Willow, two-run shot, no doubter. Or am I getting those? I'm getting them mixed up, right? Yes. Mortensen first. Mortensen and then Willow. first. It was a no doubter to right, and it was just scorched. Um, a good at bat and Ed, two RBI, two-run home run, I should say, and then uh, Willow. A nice no doubter as well, because he had put a bunch of good swings up there, and he finally ran into one that was uh, that was just torched, and it cleared the netting and was high and deep to left, and I was on the uh, I was on the play-by-play for that, so it, I remembered it, and I was I was looking down at TrackMan probably, and then it got smoked, and then I was so loud of contact, you just knew something was happening, and uh, two home runs, pretty sweet. I'm leaving the door wide open for you, Tilly. <laughs> I've got a couple of defensive plays. Uh, Jason Willow getting a little bit more shine. The diving play he made on uh, Brooksley, I think it was, in the four hole. That's right. Um, it was on Saturday at some point. Yeah, cre- Saturday at some point. Exactly. But those games <laughs> kind of blend together. Uh, I think you said it was like seven hours and 45 minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. total of game time on mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, Cole Cummings kind of diving backhand play there to – to ice the game off on uh, Sunday, which you, we, we mentioned already. And then um, Mason Ang, the uh, strikeout throwout uh, batter's interference. Um, just a kind of a crazy play. We talked about it a couple of times this weekend. You feel like it should still count for a, a caught stealing. I don't think it does. I mean, the runner was out at second, so but it's a strike. I'm going to throw him out. The runner play. got called <laughs> out at second, too, yeah. Like uh, yeah. even without the interference. Um, so giving a little bit of shine there. Um, the catchers have been hosing people this year. I think Johnny had a caught stealing as well this weekend. Yeah, yesterday. Um, uh, Mason maybe even had two. So, uh just crazy, 
crazy defensive plays. Um, Gotcha's kind of continuing that ability to make the, the high-level play when needed. Um, those would be my moments. Yeah, the extra 90s were in the Gaucho favor this weekend. Six for six on their stolen bases. And the Cal Poly Mustangs, 0 for 3. Yeah. So um, catchers were indeed hosing. Okay, my moment of the week. You already called yours. Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. The other honorable mentions <laughs> that like, I have you, here. You snagged it first. What are you talking about? You got another? I'm going to say JD minimizing in the fourth. Yeah. You know, it was it was going downhill with the three runs in and, and nobody out, or two runs in and nobody out with a runner on second. He was able to, to keep the lead at at, a, at 6-3. And then uh, four solo homers, accounting for all four runs on Friday. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. To ta- uh, combined with the 15 strikeouts from McGreevy. Yeah. So that happened in the same game, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, honorable match, Corey Lewis coming in. And, uh, well, CT opening on Saturday, a big decisive game. After struck out the side in the first inning. Struck out the side to come in. Yeah, I mean, CT, he looked great in that first inning, and then the command kind of missed him. And you could tell that Cal Poly was settling in to a couple uh, more deep at-bats against him. And, um, I think there were three walks in that inning, and then Corey comes in, and um, I thought he shut the door pretty nicely, and it, that kind of carried on throughout the rest of the outing for Corey. Um, just, I mean, he looked he looked really good up there. I thought his command was incredible. He was throwing all of his pitches to all corners of the plate. Any metrics that you guys have to share with us? Oh, I had um, my whiff percentage leaderboard. Um, of the pitches that count in terms of just, you know, you're not one for one, you're throwing 100% whiffs. Um, but it was, uh, let me see, Ronnie Boone, he had 30% whiffs on his changeup. And then uh, you go over to Michael McGreevy with the 33% whiff, um, or excuse me, 39% whiff on the slider. And then uh, Ben Brook. I'm trying to total it right now. The changeup had it was a 29% whiff percent combined. So Benbrook, Booney, and Greedy, nasty. David, offensive stuff. There uh, were some hard hit balls this weekend. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, I think Spencer has uh, some of the the exit velas um, from the weekend, but. It was funny, we were talking about the softest hit ball, <laughs> as a matter of fact, and Jordan Sprinkle credit to uh, his speed. Um, I think it was a 63-mile-an-hour double. Uh, just kind of took that extra bag. Outfielder took a little bit of time getting there on it. Was uh, that so? That was that the one that played a Johnny Bloom from third base, the that double? Was, yes. Because then, then he, had, he had Willow, who singled to left field and went to second uh, on a lazy left fielder. I so those are two. Heads up baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those those are some great moments for sure. Um, I was gonna say Brock Mortensen's triple, 106.5 on the exit velo. Uh, let's see, John Newman's single up the middle off Warwicker, 104.4. So he's making his way. I think that was his well, technically first time on the leaderboard. I don't think he. Well, well, he had a 104 mile an hour line out. At Long Beach, so right. he has not hit a ball under 104 miles an hour. <laughs> his this his year two yet. balls in play have been 104. That's, that's, a, that's a good average. <laughs> uh, Willett's triple off Sheedy 
was 102, and Cole's double, yeah, Cole's double off of Alvarez uh, was 101. So a couple hundred plus mile an hour extra base hits. Um, and then how could I forget that Brock's home run off of uh, off True was a uh, changeup that he put 103 miles an hour out to right field. So. There's that. But then, obviously, Jordan Sprinkle just taking the cake, 63-mile-an-hour double. Like, that's just incredibly <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Let's get it done. Let's see. We did have three Gaucho, former Gaucho pitchers pitch this week. Unless we're forgetting something. Bounce-back players of the week. Oh, do you guys have bounce-back players? Uh, yeah. Well, obviously, John Newman, we've talked about him as a newcomer of the week. Um, giving him some shine with his first base hit. Uh, Jorge Ariano, though. Hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. He came in on Sunday, uh, finished off those last, I think, two innings. Mm-hmm. Um, scoreless frames. Uh, great to see him back out there and pitching well for the Gauchos. Yeah, he looked really good. And yeah, he's throwing strikes. The breaking ball looked good as well. Let's see, I guess looking at the, the stat sheet for the weekend, Cal Poly only hit 153 as a team over the weekend uh, against Gaucho pitching. Gauchos hit six homers, six different guys hit home runs for UCSB. They were six of six in stolen base attempts, and as we mentioned earlier, Cal Poly was 0 for 3 in stolen base attempts. Gauchos had a team ERA 2.37 ERA for the weekend, which is uh, getting it done. So those are some of the some of the stats as a team that I wanted to throw out there. Before we get to the MLB report, we'll start with Bieber. He pitched on Friday against Chicago. The White Sox, he went six innings, allowed seven hits and three runs. He walked one and struck out 11. He now has the longest consecutive start streak where he strikes out eight or more batters. I think it's 18 games. 18 consecutive starts. 18 consecutive starts where he struck out eight or more batters. He breaks uh, Pedro Martinez's record. That's pretty good company for the former Cy Young award winner and he will pitch on Wednesday so if you're listening on Tuesday it will be tomorrow Wednesday in Kansas City against the Royals who are pretty good uh, Kansas City so if you have the ability to do that it will be at five o'clock here on the west coast and then Kyle Nelson got called up to the big squad for Cleveland and he has thrown two innings he's made two appearances and Thrown two scoreless innings. Got a couple Ks. It was against uh, Minnesota and uh, the White Sox. And Dylan Tate. <laughs> Tate, he, he gave up a homer to Ramon Laureano for the A's. And it, it reminded me that Dylan is pitching because I, I want to check the A's score. And there it was. Tate giving up the homer. So I'm, I'm sorry, Dylan, that, that the laser got you for one. But... Were you initially happy when you read? Like, what was your initial emotional reaction to that? Well, the, the caption says Loriano homers, so I'm like, oh great. But when I saw the highlight, oh man, it's Tate. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> it was 95 right down the middle. Bittersweet. First pitch. So yeah, a, a little bittersweet. But Dylan on the season, so far he's got 10 appearances. He's got a 3.09 ERA and 11 and two thirds innings. He struck out six and walked two. I'm looking for holds here. I think he's got a couple holds, um, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm on baseball reference, and they've got so many, so many stats, so many stats <laughs> that it's sometimes it's a little hard to filter through. But you just got a command F on the page, man. That's how it works. Um, Kyle Nelson. Yeah. 
Kyle Nelson. So good to see him up on the mound. Guys haven't, well, uh, knock on wood, um, guys haven't gotten a hit off of him yet this year in two innings. Um, so he's, I mean, he's been carving guys. Two strikeouts. Uh, he did walk one in his most recent outing. Um, but uh, it's it's these kind of starts or, or these kind of appearances where you just start to settle in a little bit. The nerves become, I mean, you're going to feel nerves no matter what, anytime you're up on a big league mound. Um, Shane looks like the most comfortable pitcher we've ever seen up there, and I, I can almost guarantee you he still gets some kind of game day nerves where he's you know, butterflies in the stomach, whatever. But Kyle Nelson, like those are the kind of appearances that'll start to help you ease into it. And um, he, that slider is so gross. I, I didn't get the chance to watch him pitch when he was in college, um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad. It was the I, bread and butter. Yeah, I'm just glad I can watch him pitch now because it's it's a lot of fun watching him up there. David, anything else before we look ahead to UC Irvine? Yeah, uh, a moment of the week, kind of honorable mention of fans. fans yes. Fans back in the stands. How could we, <laughs> how not, could we how forget? Could we forget? <laughs> uh, so it was, it was great to have some gaucho fans in the stands again here. You know, we, we had them last week at Long Beach State as well. Um, but getting those those home fans cheering at home, uh, big moments, uh, was was great to have as well. See, so I, I had... I had my friends Chase and Dustin here. Then I had Carlos and his son Makani, and uh, Jeremy Peterson and Bryce Urig mm-hmm. here over the weekend for the three days. Spencer had uh, Mr. Stu. Mr. Stu, yeah. your father. My dad Any, made the trip down from the Bay for anybody else? Day baseball. I did not have anybody else, but I will have some uh, some guests next week. Excellent. And David had Kayla. Kayla came all the way from Pittsburgh to watch the Gauchos play this weekend. So, That's epic. Uh, That's exactly why she came back. Just for Gaucho baseball. Wouldn't have it any other way. All right, let's look ahead to UC Irvine. Big series next weekend. One and two in the Big West with, well, the Gauchos having three weeks left of conference play and one bye week, the, the series against UCLA. So there are 12 more games to go and lots to be settled Gauchos 20 and 8, Irvine 18 and 6, and I mean these two teams are very similar when you look at them on the stat sheets. Irvine hitting 289, Gauchos hitting 286 as a team. Um, in on the season, Gauchos have hit 45 homers, which leads the conference. Irvine is at 26. They do have a guy who has double-digit homers. Their uh, their talented catcher, Dylan Tatum, he's got 11 in a uh, Brock Mortensen, he's now got 10 on the season. Pitching staffs are 2-3 and three in ERA in the conference. Gauchos at uh, 2 at 3.72. And the Gauchos lead the conference with 300, sorry, 438 strikeouts as a team. Um, let's see, what are some of the other comparisons? They're, they are 1-2 and two in slugging percentage. They are 1-2 and two in hits. One and two in runs scored, and they're one and two in the conference, of course, with the overall records. So it's going to be a, a, obviously it's a big series. It's going to be a fun series. I'm super excited. Saturday's Saturday's night game will be on ESPN U, first televised game here at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. So we're stoked for that. And I mean, what more can you say? Uh, I wish we could get the whole town here to play to watch. Absolutely. But we're, I'm, I'm excited there. There will be uh, important people, family and friends here uh, to watch the games. Certainly, certainly. 
It's going to be a wild, wild weekend. I mean, in the week leading up, you know, practice begins to amp up as you get closer to the week. Guys come back on Tuesdays and they're a little bit sore, but, you know, Wednesdays you start to, you know, kind of hone in on what you're going to be seeing. And then Thursday it's like, all right, everything that we've been preparing for mentally, let's, let's get after it today. And then, you know, by the time Friday rolls around, it's like, all right, go time. And, uh, I mean, the guys bring the intensity in practice, and I can't wait to see what they bring this weekend. Irvine also does lead the conference in sack bunts. Oh, no. With with 42. So that's, that's how they score a lot of their runs. They they manufacture, they they hit the ball gap to gap, uh, and they pitch decently well. And they've got a, they've got a few good bats uh, on this team. Uh, Luke Spillane, Nathan Church, Jacob Castro, Mike Peabody leading uh, the way, along with Dylan Tatum for the Anteaters, and then we'll see a, a couple of good arms. Uh, Michael Frias, I believe that's how you say his last name, and Trenton Denholm, who has pitched well against the Gouches in the past. Uh, he is a veteran for, for UCI, and they got a good guy out of the pen, Jacob King, who I'm sure we'll see frequently. He's got 20 appearances, four saves, 33 strikeouts in 27 and two-thirds innings. So it's, I mean, it's going to be a, a grind. It's going to be a battle, and that's what you get when you get the top two teams in the conference. David, you got anything else to add? No, you basically covered it all. Uh, it's going to be some good pitching matchups, some good offensive matchups, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of good baseball to watch this weekend. And Gaucho's playing well at home. Irvine is 11-10 and 10 away from Anteater Ballpark. They are 15-4 and four at home. So, I mean, it's always good to play these big series at home. So... Just gear up, get some good sleep, and, and tune in. If, if you're not here, if you're listening or watching at home, tune in UCSPGouches.com, Big West TV, and ESPNU in Game 3 for uh, for the series this weekend against UCI. So I think that will wrap things up. David and Spencer, this was fun. Yeah. Doing this as a group. See you next week. I'll probably see you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, like, next week so we can do this again. You want to do this again? Yeah, let's do it again. Fire up. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. All right, thank you to our sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and a guy with a truck, Junk Removal. And thank you to John Newman, J.D. Callahan, and UCSB Analytics for those interviews. Big week next week. Big week next week. UC Irvine comes to town, two top teams in the conference at Caesar Wasaka Stadium in front of friends and family. Should be a beautiful weekend. If you can't be here, you can listen to the games on UCSBGouches.com and you can watch the games on Big West TV and on ESPNU with Roxy Bernstein and Wes McCoy. That's game three, the Saturday night game, first ever televised game at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. So it's a, an exciting week. Looking forward to it. And can't wait to get back to the yard. So uh, have a great week out there. Enjoy the baseball. And we'll see you on Friday.